Hello, and welcome to Get Glowing. I'm your host and beauty coach, Hanny Patel. I like to say that beauty is an inside-out job and that a little extra self-care goes a long way in supporting a more confident you. If you're like me and you're wanting to glow a little brighter, if you have a curiosity about skincare, makeup, and all the things that make us beautiful, you're in the right place. And along the way, we'll be talking with highly knowledgeable beauty advisors who are going to share their expertise with us, give us great insider tips and tricks, and tell us their personal stories on how they've learned to create their own unique beauty. So let's get the beauty, the fun, and the community started as we build ourselves up from the inside out and get glowing together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Get Glowing with Hanny. Today, I have a real treat in store. Diana Gallo is here with us. Diana's journey is really impressive, and she's here to share it with us. She's going to talk about how she followed her artistic passions while still maintaining an amazing career working for the government in the court system. Diana is a former model of over 20 years. She has appeared on numerous magazine covers, on commercials, television shows, movies, music videos, print catalogs, you name it, Diana's done it. She's also a professional makeup artist, a certified yoga teacher, and she's also an entrepreneur. And last but not least, Diana is also a mom. Today, Diana and I will be talking about her amazing path uh, along her career journey, her triumph over breast cancer and how that changed her. We're also going to talk about how she's approaching her day-to-day differently now in our new normal in the world of COVID and homeschooling. We're going to also talk about her new venture where she started the Manhattan Model Studio. And her goal there is to share her knowledge of the modeling industry with her students in a safe and nurturing environment and to guide them as they pursue their modeling dreams. I am so excited and honored to have Diana as my very first guest here on Get Glowing with Hanny. Diana, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here with us on today's episode. Thank you, Hanny. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I know. So you're my very first guest. Last week when we launched, I did a solo episode. And so I'm so proud and honored that you accepted and decided to be the first one on the show with me. Yay. Well, I'm so glad you asked me and I listened to your first podcast and I absolutely loved it. I am such a fan already. Oh, well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And I think I'm so excited. Like I know a little bit about your story and I can't wait to be able to share it with our listeners because I think that we've discovered we have a lot in common with each other. And I just think your story is so interesting. And I think that we can get some just good tips and information, but I I just think we're going to just love hearing your story. So I would like to start by asking you, what is your first beauty memory? So when I listened to your podcast, I was just cracking up because I'm like, we, I can relate to you on so many levels. Our lives are similar in so many ways. And one of the things you talked about was being a little girl and watching your mom and her beauty routine and her using oil of Olay. And it triggered a memory in me of my mom and her sisters and the products they used. And they also used oil of Olay. No and way. So I remember, yes. And I remember just being so enamored and obsessed with watching my mom and my aunts get ready. My aunts were single. And so they would get ready to go out on dates and they would put on their, 
you know, the rouge and their mascara. They always use the pink Maybelline, right? The classic oh, yeah. pink Maybelline uh-huh. mascara. And I they would actually, put it on. And yeah, oh God, I, I still actually love still that. Use that I, my, I have that. I use that for my bottom lashes. That's my bottom I, lash mascara. One of them. I have lots of mascaras, but that is always in my kit, no matter yeah. what. It's a staple. And so I just loved watching them. And I so tell me more about that. My, what was that like? What did they do? You know, my mom is from Mexico. And so we would visit every year. I would spend weeks in Mexico, mostly in the summer. And so my aunts would go out like maybe on a Tuesday night was the big night to go out. And they would all get ready at the same time. They had this dresser with a big mirror on top. And if you open the cabinets on the bottom, they had all their makeup products there. And so we would watch them get ready to go out for the night. And then when they would leave, we would start going through the cabinets and just start playing with all their makeup. rating it. I love their it. lipstick, their <laughs> mascara. We would take their shoes out of the closet, wear all their shoes. So they were kind of my example of what beauty was and femininity and the excitement of just, you know, getting done up and looking beautiful. And they would walk out because they worked, you know, they worked during the day and they would clean the house and they would be wearing jeans and t-shirts and their hair would be pulled back and they'd not have any makeup on. But when they got ready to go out, oh man, it was on. Like they looked stunning and they were ready to paint the town red. They would wear their heels and their pretty dresses and you know, it was just so fun and so glamorous. So that was my first memory. I love that. I and my mom, my mom used to do hair and makeup for all the brides in the little town that she lived in. Oh, and on weekends, did. she would have a line. Yeah, she would have a line out the door of brides and bridesmaids. They all wanted to get their hair and makeup done by her. So she had a natural ability with doing hair and makeup. And, and I think it's just in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. So, cause you're a makeup artist also, in addition to being a model and a yoga instructor and entrepreneur and mom. So like you're, you're a lot of, like, <laughs> the hyphen is real for you. Yes. I, I'm all over the place, girl. You're definitely I have a, a lot of passion. So, yes. so your mom did makeup and that inspired you as well. Is that right? Yeah, I think that. I just loved it so much watching the transformation that makeup can do for somebody, both physically, you know, the the outside appearance, but also how it makes you feel inside, you know, the transformation on the inside, the confidence that you gain from just feeling really good and pretty. And I just started doing makeup for all of my cousins and all of my sisters without training. It just came very natural to me. I did all of their proms. I would do their hair and makeup. And then finally, um, at some point, uh, I think my late 20s, early 30s, I was like, you know, maybe I should go to a makeup school and get a certificate and really learn the profession. And so I did that. And at the time, I was working full time. I had, I was in a government job that I worked at for a long time that I just recently left, but I've always had a very creative side. And so I've always needed to have a creative outlet. And so finally I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to makeup school at night. So I went to makeup designery in Burbank. It's called MUD for short. Great school. They do beauty makeup. They do hair, special effects. It's a fantastic school. 
And I decided to go there and I went every night for eight weeks straight from like five till I think I'd get home at 11, 11.30 and then get up and go to work the next day. It was nonstop, but I loved every minute of it. I learned so much. I learned that a lot of things that I didn't know that I didn't know. Oh, so, really? Tell us about that. Well, because you think, you know, I'm like, oh, I've been doing makeup for 10 years, my whole family. I know what I'm doing. But then you go to school and you're like, wait a minute, I don't know color theory. I don't know skin tones, like the range, that there's a range of skin tones. And how do you cancel out red? Or, you know, if somebody has red blemishes, how do you cancel that out versus maybe brown spots or, you know, dark under eye circles? Like, what do you do? Or what do you do if somebody has a tattoo that's red or purple? How do you cancel that out? Right. And also how to just... It's not just an art, right? It's, there's a science to it as well. And I think similarly, when I went to makeup school, I think I kind of felt the same way. So where you learn that there's, you can't just conceal everything. It doesn't work that way, right? right? You have to kind of like right. very individualize your plan. Yes. And so, yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And I was also fascinated by, you know, you learn hygiene, like how to keep your makeup kit clean, how to keep your brushes clean, your palettes, your lipsticks, just overall hygiene, how to work with multiple clients, onset etiquette. Luckily for me, I've also been a model. I still am and an actress. So I already knew a little bit of about being on set. To me, that was not new. But for a lot of people in my class, they had never walked on a set. So they didn't know like, the role of the director, the producer, the client, the lighting people, you know, little things like you don't go on set and start spraying hairspray on a model because you've got these expensive cameras that are, you know, two feet away. You're going to ruin the camera if you start spraying stuff in the air. So, you know, things like that, that I didn't, like I said, things that I didn't know that I didn't know. And so for me, it was a fascinating experience and it was just another tool for me in my toolkit. I think it made me a better makeup artist, more professional. And then I started doing professional makeup gigs versus, oh, it's my cousin's prom or (laughs) my sister's getting married. I'm going to do her makeup. No, now it's like, okay, now you're in the big leagues. Now you, you know, you're getting paid. And sometimes you're on the set 12 hours or sometimes not, you know, So now let's go back for a second, because you said that while you were going to makeup school, you were doing that at night, but you were also holding down a full-time day job working for the government. Tell us about that. So I I had a, just by fluke, ended up getting a job in the government. I mean, literally when when I say it was a fluke, it was a fluke, like... I was in downtown LA one day with a girl that I knew and we were trying to get a job. And I saw a guy I knew from college and he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm trying to get a job. We're looking for some office. And he goes, oh, just go right here. The courthouse is right here and they're hiring. Just walk up to the second floor. So long story short, walked up to the second floor, filled out an application, ended up having an entire career with the courts, with the government. And it became what should have been or what in my mind, I said, uh, oh, I'll be here about six months to a year because I'm still going to school and I'm going to do all these other things. 
I ended up staying there my entire career and I recently just left. It was a great place to work, great money, benefits, retirement, medical, the whole thing. But I did call it golden handcuffs because I got very comfortable, put all my dreams aside, like mm-hmm. makeup, you know, being a makeup artist, like acting and modeling. So in order to keep going, I had to have a creative outlet. So that's why I went to makeup school at night. Then I decided to pursue modeling, which was something I had always wanted to do since I was very young. And then one day I'm like, I'm just going to go after it. What do I have to lose? And everybody told me, oh my God, it's so hard. You really shouldn't try. Like it's so competitive. Just to get up in a commercial is almost impossible. But I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot anyway. And I got an agent pretty much right away, started booking commercials pretty quickly. And so then I was juggling my full-time job with modeling and acting. And I would just go to auditions at lunchtime. I would run to Hollywood or Santa Monica. I would have a whole wardrobe in the trunk of my car. You know, you have to have the staples ready. like. The, the little black dress, the jeans and a cute shirt, the gym clothes. And I was just juggling, juggling my full-time job, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, wait, let it me, was I, fun for me. Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting what you said, because I feel like there are, are probably women who are listening that can relate to kind of putting their dreams to the side and sticking with the thing that is sensible, right? Like making sure we're bringing home the paycheck and that we've got the benefits and, and all that. So how did you like get beyond just saying that that was enough for you? Like, what was it in you that made you feel like I'm going to do all these other things? Because I think it's fascinating. And I love hearing when women are able to pursue their passions and, and right. Not just like, yeah, I got to pick between one or the other. Like you're such a great example of being able to not just settle. I think for me, it was something that came from deep within. It was being at the office all day from eight to five every day, Monday through Friday and being good at my job and promoting and moving up. And then once I became an expert at whatever I was doing, I would get bored. And once the boredom came, then the soul searching came. Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling bored? I'm getting paid good money. I have this awesome job. What is this feeling that I'm feeling that I'm not fulfilled, that there's something better? And so I would get to the point where I would start thinking, well, what can I do? Because I always felt like I was pushing the envelope a little further, further, mm-hmm. further. Like, okay, if I can go to makeup school at night and love it and still keep my day job and still be good at it, what else can I juggle, you know? And so I would always just get out of my comfort zone just a little bit more and a little bit more. And But it was that it always started from a feeling of not feeling fulfilled, like, when that, I call it the boredom, when the boredom would creep in, like, okay, is this all there is? Mm-hmm. Now what? And then my creative juices were like dying to come out. Like I had to do it. I just, I don't think I had, of course, we all have a choice. I could have chosen to just keep pushing it down, push it down for so long until it just 
becomes like this loud voice going to do something. And so I think that's why I was able to stick to my government job for so long, you know, all years. I literally just left it last November in 2019. So now I'm pursuing all of my other passions full time. Like now I'm like, there's no stopping me now. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing was stopping you <laughs> when you had something that might have stopped a lot of people. Like, so tell me, so guess, you not yeah. only like went to makeup school, but then you like threw yourself into modeling on top of it all. So where did you find the time? Like when you would book a job for modeling or doing your makeup gigs, like how did you fit all that into your schedule? Because then you became um, a mom. So, <laughs> yes. So this was before I became a mom. So what I started to do is I would freelance for Mac. I would work for Mac as a freelance makeup artist on the weekends. So if they had special events, I would drive to Beverly Hills. I would work at Saks or I would drive to the Delamo Mall or maybe the South Bay Galleria or Pasadena, wherever they needed a freelance makeup artist because maybe they were promoting a product. I would go and work on the weekends. So I was working full time during the week. And then on weekends, I was freelancing, which I absolutely loved. The only part I didn't love was the sales because I was kind of like, in my mind, I was like, I'm not here to sell. I'm here to do makeup for the (laughs) clients. But when you are doing makeup and they love what you're doing, they're going to buy what you're, you know, they're like, oh, what eyeshadow did you use? Or I love my sandwich anything. And then with modeling, like I told you, I would go to auditions at lunchtime. I had an hour and a half lunch. So it, was, it gave me enough time to rush to an audition and get back. And I would eat in the car. I would change in the car. Like I was running around like a chicken without a head. But then when I would book something, because I didn't have my son yet, I have a 12-year-old son now, but because I didn't have him yet, I never took time off. I didn't call out sick. I didn't have a sick child or a school performance. So I would just say, hey, I need three days off or, you know, because sometimes I would travel for the modeling gigs or the commercials. And I would just ask for the time off. And since I was a good employee, I never had any problems getting the time that I needed. And so that's how I juggled it. Once my son was born, when he was an infant, I kept working a little bit. But as he got older and, you know, I had to kind of juggle more with work because I continued to get promoted and I had more responsibility and then I had a child, then I decided I had to take some time off from modeling Mm -hmm. and makeup. And that was hard for me. But then now there's a child in the picture. So now you're like, okay, now you have to grow up and like really, you know, work at the job that's stable, that brings in the money and the medical benefits. And so I kind of, again, pushed everything to the side, focused on my job, started working harder, longer hours, getting promoted, making more money. But then, you know, I started getting the little whispers from the universe, like, is this the right path? Then I started having a few health issues, which I've always been super healthy. But because I wasn't in alignment with my true nature and what I really loved, I think that the voices got louder from the universe and louder and louder until I had to really decide what was most important for me. What was that like? Like, how did that happen for you? So first it happened, I was in a very high stress job. 
at the course and I had a huge staff. I had a lot of employees, a lot of responsibility, and I was working longer and longer hours, like I said, and I had a miscarriage. And so I took a little bit of, not a lot of time off, probably not as much as I should have, but I took a little time off. And then I had a mole that I had to have removed because it had precancerous skin cells. Not a big deal, but still, I'm like, I've never had any issues. I've never missed work. And now all of a sudden I'm missing for different reasons. And then the final straw for me, the one that really caught my attention was I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2014, so six years ago. And for me, that was the wake up call. That was the big one. Like you really, yeah, I was like, I need to really figure out, you know, when you get a diagnosis like that, your whole life changes. And I was lucky they caught it early. My prognosis was excellent. I took care of it right away. I took about six months off of work just to heal. I started doing yoga again, which I had put off for many years even though I had a yoga studio two blocks from my house and I would pass it every morning going to work, I wouldn't go because I don't have time to go. I'm too busy. You know, my health was secondary. Well, when this happened, I made my health my priority. And I was like, I need to be healthy for my child and for myself and for my husband. And so I started taking yoga every day. And eating better, taking better care of myself, sleeping longer, meditating. And then I decided to become a certified yoga instructor. So so now I have modeling, acting, (laughs) makeup, and yoga. And I'm like, I'm going to leave my job. But first, I need to figure out what am I going to do? I have all these passions that I I love every single one of them. What am I going to focus on and how am I going to make money doing these things? So let's talk a little bit. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And by the way, I'm sure our listeners want to know how you're doing now health-wise. Oh, thank you. I'm perfect health. I get a mammogram every year. I still have appointments with my oncologist and they run thorough tests on me. They keep a really good eye on me and I'm doing 100% fine and completely healthy. So thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to hear that. And I think that's a good, just a good piece of advice, right? For anyone who's listening, like we should all be after the age of 40, getting mammograms annually and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves because we can't take care of anybody else if we aren't taking care of ourselves. So I think that's just a great reminder that you've given us all reminds me to make sure, because I think I've gone, you know, I've been pretty good about getting my mammograms, but then there was like a period of time there where I didn't go for about two and a half years because yeah. I was getting busy at work. Work was kind of right. my excuse. I'm too busy here. I'm too busy there. I'll get to it. And in my mind, I think I had gone 15 months. And then when I actually went in, they were like, yeah, we haven't seen you in almost three years. And I was like, yeah. oh, really? And so that's just a really good reminder I think. Yeah. And that's um, exactly what happened to me. I would go every year because one of my aunts that I spoke about, you know, doing her makeup before she would go out, she died of breast cancer at a very young age. And so I always knew that I had to get checked. But what happened was we moved and I lost track like you. I'm like, totally lost track of my last mammogram. I had a new doctor. They didn't call to follow up with me. 
And then next thing I knew it had been like three or four years. And the only reason I went is because a friend of mine had breast cancer and she was very young. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I've had a mammogram in a while. I'm going to schedule an appointment. And boom, they found something. Wow. And the interesting thing is I, I felt a lump on my right side. So I told them, I feel a lump and I need a mammogram. So they rushed me in, you know, got me an appointment right away. They found the lump on the right was just like a cyst that they were able to remove easily. But the cancer was on the left side. I didn't even feel it. Oh, the wow. only reason they caught it was the mammogram. So that's why it's so important to get checked regularly because even doing a self-exam, it helps, but I don't think you can catch everything. Yeah, it's not time. enough. And and by the way, I think most of us, myself included, I mean, I know, I don't know that I'm doing it right even when I am doing it. So I think, right. you know, we need the professional check-in to make sure that we're staying on track. So Diana, let me ask you a question. So when you, after going through cancer treatment and now you're on the other side, like how did that change or did it change your kind of your approach to beauty and skincare and makeup? Like how did that affect your life? Because I'm just curious to know like what changed for you after that? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. So when I first was diagnosed, I became a fanatic of all things organic, all things clean, my lotions, my shampoo, what I was eating, everything. But I think it made me so paranoid and I lost so much weight because I didn't want to eat any sugar. I didn't want to eat any white, anything with white, white flour, white bread, white rice. And for me, I just lost too much weight and I became too paranoid. And that's not a good state to be in, you know. You want to be in a peaceful, harmonious state energetically because that's going to affect your health. So I started easing off a little bit. So at first I was only looking at makeup that was totally clean. And so now, now six years later, I'm kind of in between where I'm like, I do my best to make sure that my products are clean, like paraben-free, paraben-free lotions, paraben-free moisturizers, shampoo, conditioners. But my makeup is kind of half and half. So I have some clean products and then I have some that aren't exactly clean. And I used to have a list of like all of the ingredients that you should stay away from. And I would look at it religiously. And now I lost that list. So I'm a little more lax about it. (laughs) But if I find a product that I love and it's clean, that becomes a staple of my makeup kit and my routine. Is there anything that you're using in particular right now that you want to share with us that is like a, I love this and can't live without product? Yes. My friend, my very good friend, Jackie, started selling Arbonne products. And I started trying the tinted moisturizer and I love it. I have that. It's, oh my God, don't you love it? It's great. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And it feels really good. It doesn't have like a funky texture or a funky smell. It just feels really good and light and comfortable. And I think they have good colors. Like I think they can match most skin tones and it's clean. It's and it has sunscreen product. So I, and it has sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that product. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. So what other beauty things, like if I were to ask you to empty your bag right now, your purse, what would we find in it? 
Like, is there something you can't leave the house without? And then what's like kind of in your daily routine? I'd love to know. Well, my daily routine is, you know, I like to moisturize a lot. So I will put on a moisturizer. And then on top of that, I like to put on a primer. So I love Max Prep and Prime because it makes the makeup, whatever foundation you're using, it comes on really smooth and it lasts all day. So I love that. And it just, if you have fine lines, if you're a woman of a certain age. Which I think, I think we both are, right? right. And by that, we mean a woman over the age of 40. Over 40. You know, we all you have a little bit of something so, going on right now with some fine lines here and there. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think the more moisturizer you use, the less you can see the fine lines, right? And so I like to really make sure that my face, the surface of it is moisturized before I put anything on it. So I like the moisturizer with SPF if I have it. And then I like the Prep and Prime from MAC. And then I'll put foundation on top of that. Usually it's the Arbonne. If I need something heavier, like if I'm going out for the evening, then I might use like Rihanna's Fendi is it Fenty? Fenty, Fenty. Fenty. Yeah, Fenty Beauty by Fenty. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I also have Il Maquillage, which is okay. I bought it because I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, I'm going to try this product. It's okay. Not bad. And then from there, like if I'm leaving the house, if I must have the following. I must have a little bit of tinted moisturizer, blush, like just a sweet color, like a little pop of pink or coral, and lip gloss. If I have more time than the mascara, those are like the very, very basics if I'm going to walk out the door. And I really have this thing about, I don't like to walk out the door with those basics. Like I just feel less confident if I'm not wearing my tinted moisturizer and my lip gloss. (laughs) What did did you say the other day? I heard, what did you say to me the other day? You said something about your game face. My game face. Tell us about, because I I just had this, I thought that was just genius the way you put that. So, and I think the conversation was around, I mean, we're all home right now during quarantine. We're dealing with just what's going on in the world with coronavirus differently. And we've all got different things on our plates. Some of us have children at home, so we're homeschooling. And some of us are doing our job. Everybody's doing their jobs from home, but everyone's going through different things. And some of us have decided it's time to completely abandon the makeup and just go all natural all day. And then some of us have decided, you know, there are days where I, like last week I did my eye makeup and I was like, where do I think I'm going? I have like a smoky blue look on it at 8.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I think I'm going to the club. But it's like, I'm going to my dining room to sit at my dining table. And right. work. So I think we've gotten like the gamut, right? So like, how, yes. how have you been handling being okay. at home so, and like your, your routine? Or do you have a routine or have you kind of said, let's be free? So most of the days I try to maintain a routine because it makes me feel better. I like to wake up, do yoga, meditate, take a shower, put my game face on, which (laughs) varies in degrees. Like if I have an important Zoom meeting, then I'm going to put on my whole game face, which includes eyeshadow, lipstick, mascara, eyebrows, my hair, right? But if I'm just going to be home, even if I put on a little bit of makeup and do my hair and get out of my pajamas, 
or my key, yoga right? pants. Key there. It just puts me in a better state of mind of it's game time. Like if I'm working on something, but I feel gross, my hair is a mess, I'm wearing pajamas, I feel like I can't concentrate or I'm not as focused or as confident to do things. Because what I'm into right now, even more so, is getting out of my comfort zone. Because now I'm trying to create a whole new career for myself. And so it's uncomfortable because, you know, I worked at this job for so long and I was comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, I'm doing things outside of my comfort zone, doing things that are new. And if I don't feel good, then I'm not going to do those things. I have to feel confident. And for me, part of feeling confident is having a little bit of makeup on or a lot, depending on what I have going on for the day. There are days, though, I'm not going to lie, where I'm like, I don't feel like putting any makeup on and I don't have anything on my calendar and it is what it is. But those days for me are rare. It's usually I try to freshen up a little bit and I have a husband, you know, and I, you know, I know he loves me no matter what, but I'd rather him see like a glowing face than yeah. like a drab, like I'm not doing anything today face, you know? Well, and I know Billy and I know I'm sure he appreciates that, but I think at the end of the day, like you said, you're doing it for you because it's helping yeah. how you feel about how you're approaching your day. Right. And I think that's something you and I bonded over, right. Is that I think we both feel like that inner confidence that comes with just knowing that you're looking better than you did five minutes ago and yeah. that you made an effort. And it exactly. just, I think it's like, for me, yeah. something clicks in my head, right? It just, yeah. the attitude changes and I just feel more confident about myself and I see it in other women too. So I love the game face. Like that to me, is yeah. like, I was like, I'm using that. Going <laughs> okay. Let me ask you a question. I want, I have a question for you. Uh, Do you normally, when you were, you know, before quarantine days, did you wear perfume? Oh, every day, every day. I'm like okay. Are fair. you wearing it now? I am. I am. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just had to open a new bottle place. today. I actually like finished <laughs> my one bottle and I'm like a very loyal perfume. Like I only wear one scent and that's it. And I'll wear that same scent for years. And it's the same scent that I wear every day. And it becomes like my scent. And your signature you know, scent. My signature, right. And it, it has changed over the years, but it's always been like chunks of time, like years of time. Like I remember even when I was in college, we had these food trucks before they were food trucks. I don't even remember what they called them, but we'd go like get late night snacks and they were like sandwiches, of course, adding to the freshman 15, et cetera, et cetera. But like you'd go late night (laughs) after you went out or at late night studying and get food at like two in the morning. And I remember like the guy at the truck would like call out my order and he'd say, Hey, Miss Obsession. Because I used to wear Calvin Klein Obsession. (laughs) (laughs) I think I went through an obsession phase myself because I'm like you. I will use the same scent for a long time, but that's because it takes me so long to get through a bottle. But Ah. right now I have not been using perfume. And I don't know why. Like Oh, so that's like my last doing the makeup and the yeah, and I'm it's like, my last step. I'm I do not everything at the perfume else. yet. Yeah, it's the very last thing I do. I spray my perfume on and then I'm like good to go because there's just that smell. And so my perfume right now is Chanel Chance and it's the green one. I never know which one. There's four different 
flavors, I guess, of them and yes. of the Chance perfume, and it's the green one. And that's, I've been on okay. that one for a long time now. But yeah, I, to me, I feel I like sense the- of signatures and like sometimes you just recognize the person yes. by the way they smell and it's comforting. Totally, totally. Yeah, I was into the pink chance for a long time. Yeah. Right now, I'm into Jador. I love Jador. I, 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 I think, think of Charlize when I see when I yes, think of that. Charlize. I know it just seems yeah. so glamorous of a perfume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smells really good. But like I said, I'm not there yet. But maybe I'll start since you're doing it. Maybe I'll do it too. Yeah, you know, it's just like to me, it's like the step after setting spray, right? Like you set your face, and then you're like. This like sets me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Complete... I actually, cool. to be honest, like I will wear perfume even when I have those no makeup days, like with not even tinted moisturizer. If I have nothing, I will still put on perfume. Like that's the one thing. Okay, actually, so that's just I never part even of your... realized. Yeah, I never realized that about myself until we just started talking. Like, yeah, I will every day use wear perfume. I think my daughter even said to me the other day, she said, "Mommy, why are you wearing perfume?" I'm like, "Because I do every day." <laughs> Because I like it and it makes me feel good. Because then I can do this. I'm sniffing my wrist. I can sniff my wrist all day long and just feel like reminded of that scent. Exactly. (laughs) So now we've talked about what you put on. Tell us a little bit about the nighttime. What do you do at night to make sure you're taking care of? Because I know you don't go to bed with your makeup on. No. Oh, no. That's what I was going to say. That is my like number one rule. Like, I don't care how late it is or how much fun I've had that evening. I'm going (laughs) to wash my face. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like waking up with last night's face. So yeah, I wash my face. I found, I wish I remembered the name of it. I just found a clean face wash at Ulta. And it has, oh God, I think it has to let you know what the product is, but it has a matching makeup, eye makeup cleanser. Okay. And I love them both. And they were very economical. They were not expensive at all. And they have good, clean products. And I really like it. So I'll have to let you know what that is. Please do. Yeah, definitely. I'm one of those people, I'm always looking for something good, something new. So I would say that cleaning, I think I've taken cleaning my face to like a new level. Like, cause I went for years. I mean, I'm bad. I probably threw my entire thirties or my twenties. I did not wash my face before I would go to bed. And I think about all those nights, but then like, I look back and I'm like, well, but this is how I justify it to myself. I'm like, well, those were all those days, weeks, years that I wasn't rubbing my eyes at night. So maybe it helped not get the wrinkles, but that's not true. That's totally <laughs> that's totally what I try to tell myself to feel better about those years that I did not do a good job of washing my face at right. night. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're in your 20s, you're more prone to not washing your face for sure. I think that's something that as you get older, it becomes very important because you don't want the makeup sitting in your face and getting in your pores and it's just not good for you. The other thing I'm really obsessed with right now are face oils, like facial oils. Oh, I love. I've been using a rose oil at night, mm-hmm. and it, I it just feels 
so good. I feel like it's cleaner and more natural and like it really seeps into my skin. So when I wake up, my skin feels very moisturized yeah, and it smells you, pretty too. You know, what's interesting because I have combination oily skin. And so like I've spent my whole life trying to like minimize the oils on my face and, you know, making sure I'd use oil-free moisturizers. And the irony is that I've discovered that it's probably oily because I'm lacking hydration and I'm yes. not giving it enough. And so Oddly enough, my skin is less oily now that I've started using oils on my face. And yes. I use an oil in the morning and a different one at night. And I have a few that I rotate through, but I'm with you. I think that there's such a nice, like, just soothing way to end your skin routine and just like yes. kind of seal it all in. And then you know that you're getting like the best out of everything else that you just did up until that point. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And it's funny. I just watched a Scott Barnes tutorial on YouTube. Oh my God. I love I just, Scott Barnes. I don't know. I was just <laughs> surfing YouTube and he came up and I'm like, oh my God, Scott Barnes. And he he had this gorgeous model in his chair and they were getting ready to do an editorial photo shoot. So it was very edgy and it was really cool. And she, he said, you know, what kind of skin do you have? And she said, you know, because as a makeup artist, that's one of the questions you're supposed to ask. Like, tell me about your skin. And so she said, I have oily skin. And he said, well, I like to put oil, rose oil, and I mix it with my foundation. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never tried that. And he said, even though you have oily skin, it sounds counterintuitive to put more oil on your skin, mm -hmm. but it'll make it balanced versus trying to dry the oil. It's going to make your skin more oily because right. your face wants to produce more oil. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And you literally just said that. Yeah, it's so and, funny. And, and because of that, I decided to try a little rose oil with my foundation and I loved it. But if you're going to do that, know that you're going to look a little bit shiny. That's right. That's right. And I think the other thing is you can also take the oil trick or even a little bit of a serum, depending on how much you want to do. But if you have a more matte, heavier foundation, but you don't want to have that heavy look, but you know that you love that foundation, you can tone down the sh and make it more sheer right. by adding a little bit of oil as well. You see, but I've never done that with oil. I've done it with moisturizer. Like ah. I'll tone it down or make it lighter by mixing it with moisturizer, but I had never thought about using oil. And I'm and, like, that's genius. And it's interesting that you said that because I've, on my clients that have had dry skin, I've mixed foundation with oil, but never on a, somebody with oilier skin, even though I've, so you'll have, on to myself, try I have to try that myself. So yeah. let's switch gears now for a second, because you're, let's, let's talk about the next hyphenate in your life. So you've now started a new business. I would love for you to tell us more about that. So my husband, Billy Gallo, he's an actor. He's been an actor for a long, long time. Six years ago, he opened an acting studio in Manhattan Beach. And it's been very successful. He's Tell very, very busy. What's the name of Manhattan it? Manhattan Actor Studio. Manhattan Actor Studio in Manhattan Beach. So I've always wanted to open a modeling school in conjunction with his acting school, because a lot of his students are models or want to be models, or he gets models that come in that want to be actors, vice versa. And that's how my career actually started. I wanted to be a model. And so I thought I was only going to do print jobs. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'll be in magazines or catalogs and do print jobs. 
But immediately, my first auditions were all commercials. So you have to know how to act at least a little bit. Like mm-hmm. if you want to book the job, oh, you have to know how I've to take direction. Never would have thought director. about that. But what an, that's obviously makes so much sense. They go hand in hand. It's amazing. And so when I first started modeling, I immediately started taking acting classes just to to learn more about the business and acting and being in front of the camera because I never thought in my mind like I would be acting. I just thought, oh, I'll do editorial shoots or catalogs or I'll model clothes or makeup or whatever. So my husband gets a lot of clients that come in, they want to be actors. And then they're like, oh, I also would like to try modeling. And so I'm opening up the Manhattan Model Studio in conjunction with the Manhattan Actor Studio. But my intention for my students is to teach them how to ground themselves and be confident in their own skin and to accept themselves exactly the way they are. Because when you start modeling and auditioning and you're competing against all of these beautiful, gorgeous people, you start to compare yourself. You start to look around the room and go, oh my God, I'm not as tall as her or as thin as her or my boobs don't look like that or whatever. And you become very superficial about the way you look. And I remember one of the first jobs that I booked, it was a national commercial. It was for Diet Dr. Pepper. I went to the audition and there were hundreds of people there auditioning for the same role. And they were beautiful. And I actually thought to myself, what am I doing here? Like, I don't belong here. As many of us feel in many situations. Exactly right. And lo and behold, I booked the job. You did. And we, I booked the job, which I was over the moon. I'm like, so many people told me I couldn't be done. And look, it's my second audition ever. And I booked it and it's a national commercial and it's high profile Um, It was supposed to air for Super Bowl. This was years ago. And it didn't end up airing on Super Bowl, but it did air a lot. And it paid me really well. But when I went to the wardrobe fitting, I remember the wardrobe lady, she was, you know, taking my measurements and fitting me for the, I think it was a swimsuit. And she said, honey, whatever you do, don't ever change anything about yourself. Do not change your nose. Don't go getting boob implants. Like don't just, Stay exactly the way you are. And I never forgot it because I remember thinking when I first got started, like maybe I should fix my nose. Maybe I should get implants. Maybe this, maybe that. Because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And I thought I had to look like somebody else, Mm -hmm. not like me. Now I know that I need to look like me because being me is what got me the job. Because... And that same gig, we were having lunch one day, we were sitting with the director and somebody said, why did you pick us? Because there were six actors on this commercial. And one of the girls said, well, why did you pick us out of all those people? I mean, you could have, you had hundreds of people to choose from. And he said, you each had something unique about yourself that we knew was exactly what we were looking for. So at the end of the day, it's not about trying to be somebody else or look like somebody else. It's about being who you are. And that's my intention for my students is to help them understand that who you are is perfect. 
you don't need to change anything. You can get better at acting, better at modeling. I can teach you the do's and don'ts of the business and the pitfalls to avoid. But most importantly, I want you to be confident in your own skin and to feel grounded and to be who you are. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's the lesson that we can all apply to our lives, right? It's like, I go through those days where I'm like, am I enough? Or what if I looked like this? Or should I do that? Or what if I had what she had? But at the end of the day, I think your point is so perfect, which is every situation calls for a unique person. And you might just have exactly what is needed to fill that role, that situation. And it's, it's, who you are that's more important than what you look yes. like. Yeah. And kind of what you bring to the table. And I, I feel like um, the root of a lot of unhappiness in people is trying to be somebody you're not or trying to do something that really you don't want to do or that really isn't, doesn't speak to who you are or your talents. I think if we stay in our lane and like really zone in on our strengths and our talent and what we bring to the table and share those gifts with the world, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I think that's so true. I think it's like when you are trying to be somebody you're not, you can't live happily because you're not Mm -hmm. living as you. And so you're kind of out of alignment there. And so it just leads to the unhappiness that we see. So I think that's such a, I love that you said that. I wish I had embrace that kind of knowledge earlier because I think the reason I stayed at the court job for so long is because I was too scared to embrace my gifts and my talents and it was easier to just stay in comfort and to stay in what I knew Mm -hmm. and what I was comfortable with and what was safe versus going out and being me and pursuing what I love. And so now that I'm finally doing that, I'm so much happier. I mean, I've always been a happy person and my foundation is I'm, I'm usually pretty positive and pretty happy. But I had my, my days where I would go to work and drive, you know, long commutes to downtown LA and go, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? To-? Like, I felt like I was torturing myself every day. And now that I, I have finally uh, decided to pursue my passions and go for, you know, go forward, go forth. Um, it's scary, but I feel so much happier. I, I just wake that. up every day more excited and, you know, like, oh my God, like sky's the limit. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And it's okay to not know what's going to happen next. I love that. So what kind of advice, if you could give one piece of advice to the moms who are listening, who have daughters that want to get into modeling, what would you tell these moms? What would be your advice to them? I think I would um, find out why they want to be a model. Like, what is the reason? Like, for me, the reason I think that I wanted to be a model is because I wanted to travel and I wanted to explore the world. And, you know, of course, I wanted to see myself in magazines and TV. But for me, it was fun. It was just fun. Now, if somebody is doing it because they're insecure and they're going to find validation through that, that might not be the best career path because there's a lot of rejection. So you have to be willing 
to take the rejection and know that you just keep going. Okay, I didn't get that job, but I'm going to keep going because eventually I'm going to book something because most of the jobs you don't book, but you have to persevere and you have to keep going to every single audition, whether you want to go or not, you have to go, 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 and you're going to book stuff. The other thing I would say is it takes a lot of energy. So if somebody's going to sign you, if an agent is going to sign you, you need to be committed because they're going to ask you to get new pictures. They're going to ask you to be ready to go to an, an audition at the drop of a hat. They don't care if it's in Santa Monica or Orange County or Hollywood or wherever. If get they that bag, to be the there, bag that you had, get it the ready. Bag, get it ready because... If they, if you start saying, I can't go to that audition, you just wasted their time because they really worked hard to get you into that audition and get you in the door. And now you've just wasted their time. So you have to be committed. It's not like you decide to be a model and then you just start working. It's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the work and go to the auditions and learn the lines and prepare and do whatever it takes. And you have to wait. Sometimes it takes a long time and you could be there an hour or two with a hundred people. But if you don't do that, you're never going to get a job. So you have to be committed. It has to be something that you really, really want. Well, I think that what you're doing in terms of offering to teach young men and women who are interested in getting into modeling, these kind of basic fundamentals that are going to help them succeed. It's not, you know, it's not just the looking a certain way or being a certain way. It's, it's the how you come to the table, right? And so yes. I think, I love that you're taking what you learned and putting all of that information together for someone to kind of cut through figuring it out on their own. So you're offering this great opportunity for people who are really serious about getting into the business an opportunity to learn from someone who's done it and who knows where the pitfalls are and can help them just navigate the waters a little bit more easily. Yeah, because when I started, I did it on my own. I didn't have anybody helping me. And so it would have been nice to have someone guide me and just say, hey, watch out for these type of people or you or for something so basic, like your agent does not get paid until you get paid. Or in other words, they can't be asking you for money up front. Mm. They, They get paid when you get paid. When you book a job, then they get paid. You, if an agent right off the bat is like, you need to give me $1,000, that's a red flag. And those are things that you would never so, know, right? Unless somebody you tells you that. So, yeah, or you learn it the hard way. Right. Yeah. Or there's like schools that charge a lot of money to teach you the fundamentals of modeling or acting. But I don't really think you have to spend all that money. Mm-hmm. I think you can learn the fundamentals and not break the bank. Well, Diana, I think that you're doing a great service and you just had such a wonderfully rich career being an actress, a model, a a makeup artist, a corporate, you know, government employee and a mom. And so I just am so excited for this next phase for you with your modeling school. And I just want to thank you so much for being here and just wish you the best luck with your new endeavor. Thank and you, I just Hammond. enjoy Thank talking you so to you much. so much. 
Thank you for being here. Likewise. I enjoyed it so much. And, you know, I think that when you're going through challenges and you're just trying to get through life, sometimes you don't connect the dots until years later. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that 10 years ago I went to school at night. I'm so glad that I planted the seed for my future that I thought would never come. So I think that if you have a dream, but you feel like you have to work the nine to five or eight to five job, do something like take little steps towards that dream. Because one day you might get to put those into practice. Hopefully you will. And, but when I was going through it, I never thought that one day I would look back and like you said, like have this career where now I can mesh everything together, all my experiences, all of my, all the work I've done. Now I'm at the point where I can figure out a way to mesh them all together and then offer them to the world. I love it. And I think that's, it's like, take advantage opportunities that come your way, invest time in what you love, right? Cultivate and nurture that passion that you have because somewhere along the way, it can come full circle and end up being something that you can get paid to do. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You just can't, you can't give up. You got to keep pursuing your dreams. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today with us, Diana. And thank uh, you, honey. And we'll see you all next week on Get Glowing. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Glowing with Hanny. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss an episode. And tell all your friends about it. Share the love and come join us on our Facebook page, Get Glowing with Hanny. And tag me on Instagram, at Patel. And if you got inspired by us to try a new product or technique, please tag me on that. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you found a new product that you think I need to try, you can also email me directly at getglowing at hannypatel.com. Thanks for listening and see you back here on our next episode.